so yeah, I think it was a karma thing. I, it's um, much like the movie that we did that I think started this whole cycle, um, which was the second time that we did the Gra- Groundhog Day episode. And um, so, yeah, I think it was karma. It was the most I've ever broken the rules of the podcast. Everyone on the episode had seen the movie multiple times. Two of the people on the podcast had podcasted about the movie before. And we had had a fully different movie planned to do. And then I just like got my teeth into it would be really funny to do Groundhog Day again. And uh, it's a good joke. It is I was joke. I was sick for like double digits days afterwards. I missed an episode for the first time in like two and a half years of the podcast existing. And uh, I'll try and make that episode up again later this month. But like we're already more than halfway. It's the shortest month of the year. It's the hardest month to try and make it up in. It is. I guess I'd maybe put it out on Leap Day. I don't know. And you missed an episode. And that's bad news, too, because you podcast on commission. <laughs> it was a huge mistake. Big. Huge. <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. Um, that's that's uh, as good a transition as any. But, of course, we never actually get to talk about the movie until we're, we've already talked for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so just keep that in mind. And let's get into it. As you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast. So it'll either be whatever of that we keep, which has been my go-to phrasing like recently. And I like mm-hmm. it. Whatever. Maybe that's part of the intro forever now. Or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holden. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a film that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, a delayed continuing of Rom-Com Month's Strikes Back, a sequel month to our first ever theme month, February 2022, which was Rom-Com Month. This is it striking back. We did Groundhog Day again. We're doing a different Julia Roberts seminal 90s rom-com. We did Notting Hill two years ago. Today, we are going to talk about Pretty Woman. Just barely getting into the 90s, but still. A March 90 release. They don't put out movies in March anymore. It doesn't, right? Like, what's a movie that came out in March? No, that's like the leftover month. Yeah. As I'm saying that, I'm pretty sure everything everywhere all at once came out in March. But aside from that, nothing comes out in March. Um, anyway, guests, left to right, uh, clockwise, across your podcast style. We got Greg. Hey. We got Craig. Sorry. Every time. I don't know Every why. Time. Every time. Ray's here, too. Hi. <laughs> you guys seen anything good recently? You've been watching Oscar movies? <laughs> Yeah, so we've actually yeah. we've seen a bunch. Mm-hmm. Anything um, good? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the holdovers I liked a really lot. Um, Past Lives was really good. Oppenheimer was really good. Uh, Maestro was fine. Um, I think uh, I don't know. Out of all those, I think the one that I probably sat around and like thought about for the most might have been Past Lives. Have you seen that one yet? No, I keep trying to clear out time for it. And then I got sick and my brain couldn't take um, doing one thing for more than like 10 minutes at a time. It's so, a short movie. It's not super long. Like nine minutes or? <laughs> nine minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Surprisingly short. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I like that one a lot. I like, I always like the movies that are just like, real stories about regular people. And obviously this one's a little more far-fetched, but it's, 
uh, the emotions behind it are all pretty basic concepts, you know, that everyone goes through. And um, so it was just interesting. It leaves you with a lot to think about, uh, especially trying to figure out like if if someone is the bad guy in the movie or not. I don't know. I I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot about it. It came out a while ago now. Um, so I really want to watch it. It looks awesome. It looks really up my alley. And I don't know. We'll get to it. You want to know what's funny? It's one of the few movies I saw a trailer for. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what it was with. Do you not remember? Was it Avatar? No. But I, I was there with you. It was in Providence. Um, it was. But there was a lot of us there. The whole D and D, the whole party went, so to speak. <laughs> I was like, I know it was with you. That's why I was like, was it Avatar? I remember seeing that trailer, and so that was a long time ago. That trailer yeah. was. What, what did we see? D and D. Oh my god! Over, at least a year, a year ago, that trailer was. Yeah. And I remember seeing the trailer and be like, "Wow, this looks wicked bad." I was like, "This is embarrassing looking." And then uh, I saw that it was an Oscar movie, and then I was like, "Oh, I changed my mind. I think it's really good," <laughs> because. Uh, I thought it was just going to be like a, like a rom-com or like some kind of romance. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's going to be, that is not going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then yeah. when I found out, I was like, Oh wait, it's more, it's like a serious movie. I was like, Oh, this is going to be good. It, it totally changed my opinion. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I just, I've, 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 I'm slacking. I've only seen four of the best picture nominees. So. Wow. We're ahead of you. I think we're at five, six. Yeah. Six. Everyone's ahead of me. I um I've been slacking. I need to get on that because we got to start recording those episodes pretty soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, for people wondering, we, we'll do the public voting for the ladies again. I think I don't know what makes sense for like what what's a good time that people have seen enough movies to vote, but still have enough time to actually do it. So they maybe like March first. The Oscars are on March tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll put out, um, if you follow us on socials, we haven't posted anything in a while, but the next post will be on March 1st. I'll post a link to a Google form where you can vote on the ladies. That is, I'm saying that both to you guys and to anyone who's listening. <laughs> Craig. Yeah. yeah. I really yeah. want to see poor things. Yeah. it's uh, Well, that one's tough for you because that one's um, still in theaters. I, anyway. What about you? You haven't seen anything? Too sick? I started, I've been watching, they finally, at long last, it's like the holy grail of Taskmaster seasons. You could find it elsewhere, but actually on the Taskmaster YouTube, as of the last couple weeks, they uploaded all of season two of the New Zealand Taskmaster, um, which is widely considered like the best. If you're going to watch any non-British Taskmaster series, Series two of the New Zealand Taskmaster, um, you know, whispered about in, in hushed tones among uh, the the message boards and whatnot. So that's actually on the Taskmaster YouTube. The full series is you can just go watch it. And I've started watching that one. It is really really good. Um, I like the other New Zealand series that I've seen too. I mean, they're all good. The ones that aren't in English are a little tougher to get into, but you know. Humor doesn't super travel, but any of the Commonwealth countries usually have at least something in common. So if they did like a Taskmaster Canada, it would probably have a similar sense of humor too. Mm-hmm. Half of the people who've ever been on SNL are Canadian anyway. So yeah, America, it's all, it's all same jumble. Um, so that's what I've been watching that. 
And that's oh, it. I'd watch that. Yeah. yeah it's really it's extremely good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the main, you know, portion of the show that we do before we talk about the movie. I think maybe I should just start doing like running commentaries of the episodes as they're happening to explain why things are happening. I think that would help a lot. It would not bog things down. If you can do a director's cut of a previous pod episode for that extra episode that you need. Maybe I should. Yeah. I was considering really Groundhog Day, but as a director's cut. I was considering re-releasing the first Groundhog Day episode when I couldn't do this. Um, and, and I should also mention, like, the missing the episode thing. I literally couldn't talk, and I had episodes planned um, to do with Lindsay and Marshall, and I postponed it, like, four days in a row because I still don't have my voice back yet. I literally can't talk. And then I was like, I could do it tomorrow night, and that was for Wednesday. And they were like, uh, that's Valentine's Day. We're going to be doing things. I was like, yeah, Is, that um, makes sense. I understand. not around anymore? Microsoft Sam? You, like, type in, and then he, he says it for you. <laughs> it's on that. Um, yeah, I could pretend that, like, Ben's not here, but the special guest host. <laughs> I'm going to cut that from the episode. That's That's... That's for Patreon subscribers only. Uh, that might be where the episode starts, me saying, I'm going to cut that. That's for Patreon subscribers only. Uh, I really liked Pretty Woman, but I had not seen it before. You guys had, though, right? Yeah. I've only seen it once before, actually, I think. Yeah. yeah I don't know why. I, I didn't think I'd like it, but I did. It's really good. Yeah, I still don't have my voice fully back, so maybe that's all I'll say about it. But um, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, Ray, is this was this ever in like heavier rotation for you? Oh, I've seen it a couple of times in like recent years, and I hadn't yeah. previously. So, um, but yeah, when I watched it for the first time all the way through, I was like, "Wow, this is actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be." It feels like it's not exactly. Um, I don't know. It feels like kind of apart from the other 90s seminal rom-coms just coming earlier, being sort of the breakout Julia Roberts role, um, being ridiculously successful. It was the fourth highest grossing movie of all time when it came out, which is crazy behind E.T., Star Wars and um, the first Indiana Jones, which like you wouldn't think. And also Pretty Woman, throw it in there. That's the top four movies we've ever produced in America in 1990. Um, on every metric, it is sort of just undeniable, but still, for whatever reason, didn't feel like an obvious pull for classic thing we should do the first time around. And then that felt like an oversight. So two years later, here we are doing it now. Yeah, you can see why Julia Roberts got really, really famous immediately. Right? This like her, This is her breakout role, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. She gets yeah. an Oscar nom. She gets Golden Globe nom from this. It's not her first role. Mystic Pizza is 88. I said pizza, but you know I meant pizza. Steel Magnolias is 89. But then, yeah, as a leading actress, it's this in 1990. And then everything else is, you know, megawatt stardom for, I don't know, carrying the next, what, 15 years of like A-list American leading lady mm -hmm. parts, pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. She's wicked good in this. I think she's a lot better than um, Richard Gere in this. Honestly. He doesn't have a lot to play. He's he's he kind of like, Half I mean, flat. he is he's he is very flat, right? He's yeah. just like a guy who 
is trying to force himself to not have emotions because of business or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's mostly reacting, and and it's like the the kind of archetypal. She's getting him out of his shell, and like he's becoming more like a human being. By the end, mm-hmm. he's a full human, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's, he's fine. He's fine. He performs the function of like being a very attractive man of undetermined age because his hair is completely gray. But still. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, do we want to do a one minute plot summary? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you can go for it. You usually do if you want. Okay. So, yeah, our movie starts Richard Gere, who's I've, Edward, Eddie. So it starts with Eddie. He's uh, running this company. He's successful. His girlfriend dumps him because he is not into paying attention to her, just his company. He goes to uh, drive to a meeting. He gets lost, and he ends up asking a hooker for directions, who is Julia Roberts, Vivian. Uh, he brings her to the hotel. She directs him to the hotel. Uh, he ends up having her come for the night, and then he's so into her, he pays her to stay for the whole week that he's in town for this big business meeting. Throughout the week, uh, they get to know each other. She starts getting him out of his shell. He ends up stopped, kind of hits a point where he doesn't want to be an asshole with business decisions anymore. Uh, they decide they can't be together because uh, he's not emotionally ready for that, and she wants more than he's going to offer. And then he changes his mind, and he does the grand romantic gesture and climbs her fire escape and uh, they kiss and the movie ends happily ever after. And she's not a hooker anymore. Yeah. I don't know if they established that, but yeah, you assume probably not. Um, I going into it, like I said, I hadn't seen before. I was not sure exactly what to expect. I thought it would kind of be, I don't know, a little bit more, I don't know if stuffy's the right word or just kind of like outdated, I think is what I was thinking more of, but it's just like, I mean, they have really good chemistry and that kind of carries it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really, you know, that, that part of it doesn't age too much. And he kind of is just a weirdo. It's not like he has outdated ideas about like women and, and sex work and stuff. He just kind of is a strange guy. So that I guess doesn't necessarily marry it to 1990 either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you expect it to have as much to do with hookers and have as much like uh, (laughs) violence and attempted rape as it did? (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting because it's um, the original idea for it is a sort of darker look at sex work and, and like the dark side of L.A. And, you know, the Hollywood Boulevard is that that's what I assume it's actually like even today, even though it's 30 years later. Um, because like anyone who lives in LA, you don't actually hang out in Hollywood because that part sucks and there's tourists and like crime and the place where the like walk of fame, all the stars mm-hmm. are is if like the days that there isn't press, there taking pictures. It's just covered in feces and urine is my understanding. Um, but yeah, there's like, parts just like vestigial remnants of that idea for this movie that are still kind of around the edges that there is like some higher stakes for Julie Roberts's character Vivian um, and, and her friend who is like, she kind of has like a stereotypical best friend character, but she's only in the first 20 minutes in the last seven minutes. I like her a lot. Like in one scene in between. Yeah. She's really good. She's really good. 
yeah, you get the idea that maybe she's going to like mess this up for Vivian, but she's kind of just cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of just vibing. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I like, I liked how weird it was and just sort it's of really like, weird. yeah, how strange he is. So it's not yeah. really like this, like, you know, um, what's, uh, Henry Higgins and Eliza. What's that one? How could I not my fair lady? It's not like, Oh, he's, he's, he, he, <laughs> okay, yeah, he's yeah. not like trying to teach her manners and reform her and shit. And then they fall in love. He's kind of just like, Sure, this seems weird. I'm gonna do this for a week now. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really try to like fix her. No. The one thing he always does is he tells her to stop fidgeting. I think and then like he, every now and then when she's like way too inappropriate, he's like, Yeah, you really should you maybe just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but he never like <laughs> reprimands her too much about it. He's just kinda like it's weird because you you did you, you, you at the beginning, at least the first time they go to dinner or whatever, you're expecting them to get back in the car. And you'll be like, Oh, I can't believe you did X, Y, Z. He just kind of doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, that's no. true. But he's processing yep. all of, all of his business stuff, all of his like interactions or relationships. It's all very like autistically coded. Does that make sense? Like that's kind of my read of it is he's mm-hmm. very much yeah. just observing and then being like, okay, this is how I would react to this person in this situation based on my understanding of social interaction. I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the movie had more dead, dead crackheads, their word, than, um, you know, you'd expect in a rom-com. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, there's a detective played in his film debut Hank Azaria from uh, The Simpsons does Mo and problematically for the first 30 years of The Simpsons did Apu Um, then you're like yo is that going to be a big part of this because the Julie Roberts section of the start of the movie is very much like it sucks around here she knows people that are ending up in dumpsters (laughs) right and then it's sort of uh, not exactly breezy but it is like you know the comedy isn't it's not a dramedy, right? It's still, it, it is a rom-com. It is sure. sort of uh, like, not by the numbers, but it's a Gary Marshall movie. I don't know if we've done Gary Marshall before, but um, I mean, one of the most successful directors ever. He did a bunch of sitcoms you probably heard of, and then a bunch of movies you probably heard of too. Yeah, Mostly I mean- comedies. Princess Diaries, remember that mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. Runaway Bride. Valentine's Day, that movie everyone hates. Even um, hey, I was just watching that. <laughs> I bet you were. Even even in that um the scene where the the they're taking the dead girl out of the dumpster, the tourist corps start taking pictures. He's like, I got tourists taking pictures in my crime scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a rom com. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting is it doesn't have a uh like miscommunication fallout or you know what I mean? No, that's what I mean. He's mm-hmm. just kind of weird. Like the one fight they have, <laughs> he's like, okay, I see that I hurt you. I'm sorry. And I'm, I meant that. So we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess he is definitely autistic, isn't he? That's, that's how I read it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, maybe he's 34 years old, so they wouldn't like get into it, but 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like just that one fight. And then in that spot that's where halfway there was, through the movie, that's like halfway the spot where there's normally that like weird misunderstanding that makes the thing turn. Instead, he just like offers to let her be his prostitute kind of. And she's right. like, no, I want more than that. And he's like, I can't give you any more than that. And they're like, okay, well, like, that's it. We're done then. You know what I mean? We'll finish our week and we'll be gotten, done. It must yeah. have been love, but it's over now. Yes. That's the song that's playing. Yes. yes. I noticed that too. It's a very loud ballad with someone's very much spelling out what is going on. And I appreciate that. It's hard to pay attention to movies these days. But yeah, that was interesting that I didn't have that. I don't know if that's yeah. like a thing in later rom-coms, if it, that hasn't like been established in 1990 or what. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. This is before most of the stuff you think of as peak rom-com, but it's after some other stuff too. There's all the 80s rom-coms before this. So it's true. I, um, I uh, you, you oh, oh, one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, sorry, if you got, a, if you got something that we've already mentioned you, to hook on to. Well, no, you, you, before we like get too far in, um, I was trying to figure out what I thought like the most famous thing scenes were. And I wanted to know what scenes you knew, like going into it. Yeah. So obviously you, you mentioned this the other day and that's literally what I was going to bring up next Mm -hmm. is you wanted to be like, okay, what did you know going into it? Um, I think the main one is her going back to the store. Okay. Yeah. And you know, you work on commission, right? <laughs> yeah. Big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering uh, if that's the most famous like part of this movie, or if I just keep thinking of it because it's like a I big think part of the it office. Is <laughs> that I mean, you know, chicken and egg, really. Yeah. Uh, the 20 years in between in this case, so maybe not a chicken <laughs> and egg situation, but still. I think um, that is legit the the most famous part of this movie. Um, there's quick. a couple other lines. That's, that's like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's really good though. It's, I mean, it's really perfect. good and and so well delivered. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a couple other lines that I recognize too. But that's the one that like that's a clip that's yeah. in montages at the Oscars or mm-hmm. whatever else. I mean, it's all in there. I was going to, so I've been vamping because I've been trying to pull up the IMDB quote thing just to see, but, uh, I mean, that's the one anyway. Yeah. anyway. Oh, so I, I mentioned the, the friend Kit. I love Kit. I, I don't know what it is about her, uh, but she's great. Her yeah. showing up in the lobby and telling the old guy it's 50 fans, 75 to watch or whatever, <laughs> like kills me. I like how uh, how Vivian was like, oh, they just pulled some girl out of a dumpster. And she's just like, oh, that was Skinny Marie. She had it coming. <laughs> yeah, she, she was a crackhead. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like her. And I like that she gets a ha- like a happy ending, too. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. Because she's going back to school. That's why she has to charge the new roommate more. Right. So yeah. she can put that money towards tuition. Yeah, she's going to beauty, beauty school. Yeah. But yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, but honestly, I think one of my favorite characters is, uh, what's his name? The the head of the hotel. Yeah, Hector Elizondo is the actor. Um, Mr. Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Or, 
He's not on the quote page. How could he not be on the quote page? Come on. Anyway, the, the very ending is another quote that I think I knew. Like, what happened after Prince Charming climbed the town? You know, rescued her and we rescued him right back. Um, oh, yeah, that, that, that's a that really line good one. too. Yeah. Because she helped him too. They they fixed each other. What? I don't know if you caught that in the, the movie. <laughs> Hold on. Wow. Let <laughs> me go about that. Barney. Barney, yes. Barney. Barney's great. Um you know, I knew it started with a B, and I was like, is it like barreled? <laughs> yeah, barreled. Barreled. Normal, <laughs> normal name, barreled. <laughs> um, I love Barney. The, he's just so great. The character actor guy who's in like a bunch of stuff, but he's like the manager of the store that they do shop at. Yeah. Who's like just sucking up to them. And, yes. And, that part's fun. And that's the part where they actually play the song Pretty Woman by Roy yep. Orbison. Worth uh-huh. mentioning. They tease it first and they take it away. It's like, whoa, rude. But then there's the the requisite shopping montage set to Pretty Woman. That part's great, too. I'm going to spend a obscene amount of money in here. Yeah. Are we talking profane or like, ins- <laughs> what, do you say, what does he say? Like embarrassing or like insultingly yeah. obscene? Yeah. Profane. Yeah. Insult. I like this guy. Yeah. (laughs) There needs to be more. What does he say? There needs to be more sucking up. As soon as you walked in here, I could tell you were the kind of man, not me, her. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, You're obviously a a formidable man. (laughs) I want to be reckoned with. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Edward would love that tie. Give her the tie. Take it off. (laughs) Um, which which leads to like one of the one of the hotter scenes too um yeah and uh, yeah so what worth mentioning because there's always weirdly discourse maybe only if you're like looking for it on social media but there's always discourse about sex scenes and movies and it's like kind of refreshing that it's like a really big part of this movie is like a lot of sex scenes um, mm-hmm. or implied sex, which is like it doesn't even happen. That doesn't even happen in movies anymore. Um, or people just hanging out, and Julie Roberts is naked, like in a lot of scenes. So, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, different now. Well, they you, don't make rom coms anyway, but when they do, it's like you know, forties code level. Everyone's wearing you know long sleeves and. Turtlenecks. Yeah, this uh, especially too when this one starts like it just it blows my mind because especially when this one starts the first scene with them up in the hotel room where she's wearing like very much a hooker outfit and she's taking out like the condoms for him to pick and it's like pretty raunchy and I'm like this is a movie that like so many people saw like it was a lot like it, yeah right it, it was, I think by. Um, by ticket sales was is still the number one selling. Uh, it's more more tickets sold than my big fat Greek wedding, which is impressive for rom coms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like forty two million tickets were sold for the movie while it was yeah. in theaters. I just it's crazy. It's a lot more matter of fact then, and like sex was a lot more present in movies then, and it's gotten more conservative because of uh, culture. Mm. Reagan. Ugh. This is after Reagan. I don't know, but still. I was gonna say, yeah. Not after, not after you know, 
the first Bush, though, so that's still Reagan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, from LA, I guess I guess San Francisco is a private jet away, but still, it's just weird because we're not in a state where you need to like fly to land somewhere in the same state. You know, sorry yeah. when they go to the yeah. opera. I looked it up. What is <laughs> yeah. it? It's is it like a it's really far. flight? Yeah, it's it's pretty that. far. It is like half of the coast, right? So. Yeah, that's it, that's far. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we drove that. It took like all day. Take all day. Yeah. yeah. No, um, if you're rich, you don't need to take all day. The opera scene is really good. Oh, it's an hour and thirty minutes. Flight. That scene. Flight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> flight. So that's a, that's a respectable flight. Yeah, that's a real flight. So I that was us to D.C. when I just did it. Providence yeah. to D.C., not even Boston to D.C. If you're thinking we're in Massachusetts exclusively, not our airport. Um, La Traviata, oh. of course, about a prostitute that falls in love with a man and breaks her no-kissing rule. You know, a little on the nose. <laughs> they started playing la- music from La Traviata, and I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You all right there? I'm choking. You've killed me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, it's too bad. When we're not in person, most of the laughs get lost and then it's just silence. It's fine. <laughs> I, not all the time, but sometimes I have edited like laughs from different parts of the episode. If I knew it got a legitimate laugh at that time, but I it just wasn't picked up by the mic. All your jokes, everyone seems to laugh at now. And I was wondering what was going on. Even people who aren't on that episode. Yeah. It's, uh, who is it? Your, co- uh, your cousin. Yeah. They all splice in like Julia Roberts laughing too. She's a very famous laugh. Yeah. Adder and Adder and... Yep. Great teeth. Famous laugh. Mm-hmm. That little laugh that she does when uh, when he like clips her hand in the box—that's oh, the laugh. Yeah. That's the laugh. Oh, yes, that's, so, that's 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 like a list superstar shit right there. Yes. So I love <laughs> Barney and Kit, but how fucking hard does Julia Roberts carry this movie? Yeah, absolutely. So it's entire. I mean, it's it gets one Oscar dive. It's her. Um, like, is this movie just gone without her? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Richard Gere is pretty handsome in 1990, but she's just like so charming in this movie. She is. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Like everything she says, I feel like it really does carry the weight. Especially the the scene where she has they have dinner with the the Morses. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they really like her, and they're like they keep saying like it was wonderful to see you. We fucking hate you. Like to yeah. <laughs> him. And it's just so believable because she's like so just pleasant, you know what I mean? When she's trying to like use her fork and they're like, I, I never know either, you know what I mean? And then the, the snail, oh, slippery little suckers. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, oh, she's just so, I don't know. It's, uh, and even the waiter was like, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone is like, you know, charmed by her the same way that you are on the couch watching the movie, I feel like. Yeah. 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 It's it is like that, that is I think a kind of thing that happens sometimes in movies like this that like someone in that you know situation ends up in a place where everyone kind of wants to adopt them sort of like like the whole hotel staff is like we're on your team now mm-hmm. and we're gonna help you, um, but it's so believable with Julia Roberts in this movie because you're like yeah, yeah of course people w- would want to help her well, why yeah. aren't you helping her right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I think that is what it is. It, she really does just fucking carry the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, she's a lot more proactive. So, have you guys ever been to Polo? No. It's fun. They do make you do that, though. It's like a thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, let's go fix the divots. I, I assumed it was a real thing. It's yeah. a time honored tradition. Time honored tradition. Kings and queens did this. <laughs> people, people are stoked to do it, though. It's not like, oh, here we go. It's like a fuck yeah, we get to run around where the horses ran around. <laughs> and then you have to avoid the steaming divots. Yes, that, that is important. The dress that uh, she wears to that is so cute. I always am like, I want that mm-hmm. dress. Yeah. Which is impressive because it was the 90s, you know, and, and I, I'm still like, that is a cute dress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the kind of uh, like brown and polka dots. Yeah. Yes. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a lot of nice hats too. Everyone there is charmed by her. And then the only people who aren't are those like women who are like, oh, you're the you're in the next one going for him. And she's like, Oh, I, I'm only interested in the sex. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. So that is a good line. It was wicked good. Yeah. Got him. Quick response. But yeah. It's a good response. Um, we haven't talked about that. They like brought Jason Alexander into this to just kind of be like, obviously very creepy the whole time, but it's like a mm-hmm. slow bird. Like how creepy is it going to get? Yep. He sucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That guy sucks. Sucks so bad. <laughs> It's about it. Yeah, and he escalates to assault, which again, like, is of a piece with the beginning of the movie, but like the movie hadn't really felt like that for a while. Yeah, they uh, they lure you into like a false sense of security there, where you're like, oh, you know, no, nothing bad's gonna happen, uh, and then you know right away as soon as he's in there because you can tell like she does really good with her like body language. She's like tense. She keeps trying to inch away from him, like, oh, this is gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, not a great guy. I think we could all agree, not a fan. I I loved him. I look up to him as like a role model. Oh, oh I don't know. Uh, Craig, mighty silent on this topic. I don't know. Yeah, Craig Craig seems to be a fan of the attempted rape in the movie. Yeah, I mean, unless you say differently. I wonder if we get, to, if we'd like... If we implicate Craig in enough bad things, if it if it just stops working, you'll have another lost episode on your hands. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "Fuck you! I'm not sending you the files." Like, oh God, he was listening the whole time. <laughs> he does DM me with the files usually, but oh wow, yeah, <laughs> Craig slides into your DMs. Slides in my DM. Everybody is these days. Um, not true. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's like you know, those are the those are the main points. I do Rock like the down. opera scene. Did you guys ever watch? <laughs> this is only tangentially related. There's another scene in an opera in another movie, and my mind went, "Hey, did you see this one? Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire." No, no I remember that was good. That was the Maybe. French film that missed the Best International, right? They didn't submit it. They didn't yeah. submit it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they submitted. Uh, I don't even. It, uh, Les, uh, Les Miserables was the name of the title of the movie they submitted instead. I don't know if that was a, just another adaptation of that, you know, famous musical mm-hmm. and story, or if it was just a different movie that had that title. I didn't see it because it also didn't make it into the that year's crop of international nominees. Mm-hmm. But um, Portrait of Lady on Fire ends with an awesome opera scene 
one of my favorite endings of all time. That movie rocks and everyone should watch it. Anyway. I do like the opera scene. That was one of the lines I remembered from last time was him saying, if you, um, you either hate it and never like it or you, you love it and love it forever. But if yeah. you don't love it immediately, it'll never become part of your soul. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, Oh really yeah, he said scene. this to a lot of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It is. It's really good because she just sits there and like cries a little bit. Yeah, she gets really emotional about it. Yeah. 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 You can. Th- there's like a little bit. It. It's a little bit more ambitious than I feel like a version of this movie would be today, where it's just like, like she hates it and she's like trying to contain how bored she is or whatever, and like that's what the comedy's mind from. But that scene doesn't try to be funny, but still ends on a really funny line. When she like not even really turning around, she's like still glowing and watching. And you imagine there's like a curtain call happening and she still can't take her eyes off it as she's backing away and just throws off a line to the lady who asks her like, oh, so good. I almost peed my pants. Yes. It's um, such a funny line. Honestly, if anything, I feel like that line works better now. I feel like that's more in line with today's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah, I agree. It's really good. And then he saves it with some other thing he says. Yeah, I <laughs> liked it better than Pirates of Penzance. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. Like, again, like he never is upset about her behavior. He's just kind of rolling with it because he's just like, I don't, he doesn't know how people act. So maybe this is how people act. <laughs> I, I like that they keep hinting the whole movie about his fear heights. Yeah. And then like, he keeps getting closer to like going onto the balcony as the movie goes. If you watch, he gets a little bit closer yes. and like he, he wants to. And then when she like leaves and he like lost her, he like goes onto the balcony a little, but he still won't look over the edge. Mm-hmm. And all I, I love how it like, you know, all accumulates. And then in the end, he, he climbs up the thing to go save her from the tower. But he only goes up one ladder. He doesn't even go up the second flight of stairs. <laughs> He only climbs because, one. Because she rescues him right back. Yeah. She does. Yes. That was a she big step right back. It was a big yeah. step. I know. He did a little bit. The driver's <laughs> laughing at him from the yes. from the yes. street. Yes. <laughs> um, that bathtub that she had that bath in. I'm wicked jealous of the ba- ba- that bathtub. I want that in my she life. In the penthouse. I know. Yeah. I've been looking well, for a penthouse. Right. We, we can rent a hotel like that. Julia, what was she tell me? Actually, I, I actually know for a they do rent this by the hour. <laughs> yeah. That was really yeah. funny. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, yeah, it's nice that they like instantly have a good rapport. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was expecting it to be like he's more like stuffy and like, no, oh, I don't know about all this. But he's just kind of he just kind of goes with everything. Yeah, the rom comes on hard and fast in this movie. It's it's really oh, yeah. it's really sweet. Yeah. Oh, like, I um we saw like a bunch of behind the scenes things before, and uh, one of the ones I remember was because uh, they used they like to play a bunch of jokes on each other on set to kind of like keep the mood light. And nice. uh, during the bathtub scene when she goes underwater, everybody runs out of the room and she comes back up and no one's there. That's really funny. <laughs> I do remember them saying that. Yeah, and That's she really was like, funny. "Yeah, it was good." Mm-hmm. I think they well, also no. said that that um the scene where he like um closes the box on her hand was uh was ad libbed, like it wasn't part of the, it wasn't scripted. It was just something he did, and so like her laugh was genuine. <laughs> yeah, 
Mm-hmm. It's great. I think I've seen mm-hmm. so that's that's another scene I know specifically that moment. Um or I should say new going into the movie. Um that I feel like that'd been pulled out as literally what I said was I've heard someone else cite that as an example of like an either you got that or you don't kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Her, I, her reaction there. I do <laughs> tend to not give Richard here a lot of credit in this, but their chemistry is good and it like really, yes. really good. And I guess you do need two people for that. Yeah. Yeah, you get so why they're doing, into each other. Yeah, it's it's really good. I was thinking about all their little banter, like um when she first agrees to stay for the week and they're like walking out and she says something like I would have, you know, uh, I would have stayed for just two thousand, and he goes, "I would have paid four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of good back and forths. Um, I, uh, I like this movie a lot. Uh, Did anything surprise you about it? Yeah, I thought the tone was was not what I was expecting. I, I think I was expecting something closer to a My Fair Lady update, and it's not that. Um, I I didn't expect Richard Gere to be so weird. And like, he is legitimately awkward in a lot of situations. He's like really confident in a lot of situations too, but just like socially awkward. Like his confidence is extends to like his girlfriend breaks up with him and he's just like, Oh, okay. What's next on my calendar today. Right. Like it's just, you know, so maybe it's not confidence. Maybe it's just like he is just so cutting himself off emotionally from everything. But it doesn't seem like that's a choice either. That just seems like that was like the natural progression for him through his life. I don't yeah. know. That's why their chemistry works so well, because they're basically just like polar opposites, right? Cause she's so charming and sociable and likable. And he's just like kind of cold and, you know, he, he struggles with emotion and she's just kind of all out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the, the opposites attract thing. And it's not, it's not like they're fighting at first, though, but more like a, the kind of, I think, the archetypal, she's pulling him out of his shell thing. But they, they never even really talk about that. It's just kind of happens throughout this week. Yeah. Week, week's a good amount of time. You don't want it to stretch on too long. You want it to still be the kind of like snappy butterflies vibes. So yeah, a week I feel like is a good amount of time for the, these kind of movies. Mm. One thing that the times have changed this movie on a little bit, I, I and only a little bit because she's so charming that it, it doesn't matter a lot. Uh, but I feel like I like Edward less now because he's too rich. He's obscenely rich and um, they don't, put too fine a point on it but it is like part of it that his business on a fundamental level is like completely parasitic and like the worst Mm -hmm. version of capitalism yes he he says at one point like we produce nothing we do nothing we make (laughs) you we don't create we just take and destroy and profit from just that destruction the the scene around that's a, a very good scene where they're having sex on the piano in basically the lobby, I think, like the room off of the lobby. <laughs> everyone leave. Yeah. Ballroom. The ballroom. Yeah, the ballroom. And, the, and yeah, he's like, everyone everyone else leave or something like that. And I was like, these guys, this is like their break room. <laughs> like, they were just hanging out, dude. Like, you have the penthouse. 
<laughs> I bet there's a piano up there. All the bring this one. Penthouse? Come on, this is all I got. <laughs> my break room, and that's when she says, "Like, wow, everyone just listens to you, right?" Or something like that. Because like, like, you have enough, you have like so much money. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. He, he borrows the quarter million dollar necklace too. He, I'm a very good customer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's there's stuff like that that like you'd have to make he'd have to apologize for i guess at some point be like you're right money's evil i'm gonna give it all away and i'm gonna be a hooker now too or something i don't know, I don't know what the 2024 version is There's something in the middle we'll have a two-family home it's only four million dollars in 2024 I, I don't mind him though because he's i i do like him and and he's he's better by the end. He 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 agrees to make destroyers for the military. Yes, he becomes a military <laughs> contractor. A very nice thing to do. He's like, I was lying. Those contracts are on their way. You get to make your 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 destroyers for the navy. <laughs> the old guy has like a old guy moment. We're gonna work together. We're gonna we're gonna build boats. big boats <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, it's um. And Richard Gere doesn't give any context to anyone who works for him, so they're probably like, "We're gonna double check with him that that's what you guys agreed on," because you sound very senile right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the fun facts that came up on the Amazon X-ray, like when you, you move move the mouse while the show's play it or whatever, um, that I wish I didn't know. One of the fun pranks they did um, when Julie Roberts is watching I Love Lucy and like laughing and stuff in order to provoke a genuine laugh. Gary Marshall is off screen tickling her feet. And it's like, oh, I didn't need to know that. I don't yeah. like that. I don't, I don't like, like that. that. No. It sort of soured any other time she laughed for the rest of the movie. And that happens early. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I hope Gary Marshall didn't have to tickle her feet for this one. So the scene where he closes the box on her in that like hotel hallway, they've cut two holes in the floor, really small ones under her feet. <laughs> and he's got yeah. his fingers underneath. And that's how they get that laugh there. <laughs> yeah. Now we didn't know why they about, wanted her to stand on top of those holes, but then they found out later. I'm uh, thinking about Boss Baby now. Why? <laughs> I haven't seen Boss it. Does baby. that happen in Boss Baby? This is giving um, me real Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> it's real Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> no, because they like um, to test to see if the babies are ready to go to a family. They like tickle them to see if they laugh, but he doesn't laugh until, the, but they're not tickling his feet and his feet are ticklish. <laughs> They should have had Gary Marshall on the scene. I guess. Um, you know, Renly's watched this movie a couple of times, and this does not sound familiar to me, so I'm glad that I do not pay attention to bad movies she watches. Yeah, well, now I feel crazy. Because <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, I mean, what the hell are you about? You can tell me All anything right. about that. We're going to double check with this guy before we sign anything, because you're sounding real senile right now. <laughs> It must be terrible to work for him, right? He must be a terrible employer. Gary Marshall? He's dead. No. <laughs> he's constantly tickling uh, your feet. He's, he's like, you gotta laugh at this scene. Or like any emotion he needs from his actors, he's like, I'm gonna hit you. You gotta cry in this one. It's like, no, I'm an actor. I could just do that. I'm gonna punch you. 
No, Eddie. Yes, Eddie has to be awful because it's never good when your boss elects not to sleep just to work all night and doesn't ever take a day off. Yeah. That's never yeah, good. It's still like making business calls. It's like not not a good work-life balance. <laughs> he just like takes the lawyer's car, right? He's just like, I'm just going to take this. And then at the end, he's like, you fucking suck. I'm going to punch you in the face. And of course, he's attempted rape at that point. But still, he stole his car. It doesn't seem like he ever gave it back. No. No. And then the, the just in that meeting, I keep thinking about that meeting, how pissed I would be if I was one of his employees that like came back into the meeting and just like my boss completely undid everything we've been working on for the last year and said nothing about it and just expected us to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And just gave like a knowing wink and a laugh and went, you guys got it from here. Fuck. This That's guy's it. had a weird five days. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he, he he doesn't sleep, he doesn't eat, he only works. Like a robot. And did you notice the the scene where he falls asleep, he finally falls asleep, and she says something like, oh, he does he actually sleeps. She wakes him up. I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> Amy though, but yeah, fucked up. Yes. It's messed up. <sighs> messed up. Anyway, R.I.P. Gary Marshall. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad we finally got to cover one of his movies. Yeah, I didn't realize he was deceased. If they need someone to tickle Julia Roberts' feet in her next movie, I'll volunteer. <laughs> okay. She's making a lot more thrillers these days, so I don't know if she needs it too much. But she did make a, a romantic action comedy with George Clooney this year. Wait, I'm confusing those. Oh, God. No, okay. I'm going to tell you what just happened. I thought of the Morn movie that she made with George Clooney last year where they're divorced parents, but they're at like an exotic um, locale for their child's wedding. And they like, you know, hit it off again. I confused that with the the Jennifer Lopez movie where she's at a wedding in an exotic location that gets like attacked and her and the groom have to like defend it with machine guns and stuff. I, I thought those were the same movie. That's why I referred to it as a romantic action comedy with George Clooney. You're close enough. <clears throat> yeah, and I was like, Julie Roberts has a machine gun? I was like, that doesn't sound right. That's not her speed watch these it. days. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Anyway, so two years later, returning to a Julia Roberts rom-com, Notting Hill kicked ass and I hadn't seen it before. This movie also, I think, was really good and I hadn't seen it before. So... Watch more Julia Roberts movies. She's still making them. Yeah, I something like about the end of the worlds. Wow. Uh, she just had a Netflix movie come out. Something about the end of the worlds. Uh, it's I a Sam Ishmael movie. He made Mister Robot. Apparently, it's good and oh. uh, kind of trippy. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, all that to say, are we ready for ratings? I think so. Yeah, I feel like this is a very, it's a unique rom-com. I feel like it's, like I said, I feel like I had a lot to say about this one. I feel like what rom-coms, that's usually hard for me. I feel like normally it's like, you remember this funny thing? Not that I didn't do that this time, but I felt like, I don't know, there there was more to this one uh, other than just like, let's talk about the funny things they said. Uh, So, Especially with with rom-coms that are over, you know, 20, 30 years old, I feel like we could always focus a lot on like shifting social mores. Is this cool? Is this creepy now? And it wasn't then what would be the different focuses. And I think you did a good job pointing out, like if a movie like this came out today, the, the economics would be 
the a plot that would be like so front and center him not being in touch with like what stuff costs for her would be mm-hmm. so much more a part of it like it's in there for sure and her being like oh this is how the other half lives kind of thing that's obviously very much in this movie but it would be like he would have to become embarrassed by it at some point yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure um so yeah on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale you're choosing aside from stars what would you give 1990s Gary Marshall directed film Pretty Woman. I'm always unprepared. I don't know how. There's like a really I'm, easy one that I feel like Greg might take. I'm I'm gonna go for it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five employees losing out on commission. Related to what I thought you'd do. <laughs> four and a half out of five bad blonde wigs. That one was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she said, do you, do you think I look like Carol Channing? Is what she says to Kit. I think. She's like, no, you look super hot tonight. I, then, when, I, when we started watching it, I was like, she doesn't wear that horrible wig the whole time, right? That's, I was like, no, no, she doesn't wear that horrible wig we built. <laughs> but for a half second, I was like, wait a second, she's blonde in this movie? It would a terrible wig. <laughs> And I guess it's almost supposed to be like the end of a teen comedy where like the nerdy girl takes her glasses off and was like super hot the whole time or whatever. But like the morning after that, when she's just in a, you know, a terry cloth robe and has long red hair, Richie Gere's like, you're much hotter like this. And as the audience, you're like, you're correct, Richard Gere. Terrible <laughs> wig. <laughs> she should have just had normal hair, but I guess that's, you know, it's Hollywood Boulevard. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Gotta wear a wig. Um, uh, so yeah, like I said, this is what I thought you were going to go with. Uh, four and a half out of five big mistakes, comma, huge um, for Pretty Woman for me. Mm-hmm. So the prompt we came up with in the Groundhog Day episode fucking five weeks ago or whatever it was, for rom-com month strikes back and hopefully it will strike back fully and have a full complement of episodes this month remains to be seen. Anyway, this month's thematically appropriate question for rom-coms. Any time period, and you can take this person at this age and this person at this age, uh, I need y'all to cast the perfect rom-com. Ooh. We just did leads this time, but we talked a lot about the best friend character in this one. So if you also want to throw in like a best friend character, you can go for that. Um, what we did last time was like, I think I was like, we got to get Channing Tatum with someone who dances. So it was like Channing Tatum and Ginger Rogers, I think is what we went with. This and then I think so. And then I think Anthony pitched Channing Tatum in 80s to me more. And we were all like, that just works. I don't know why it just works. Well, I think Titanic age Leo is always going to be like, you know, okay. most attractive Leo. Number one draft pick, sure. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm, but I don't know who he's going to star with. I'm going to go with uh, 1997 Kate Winslet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a comedy. Huh. Leo can do comedy. We all love Don't Look Up. Oh. See, the thing is, I think as he ages, he's just not going to ever be funny. 
There's too much. There's too much tragedy going on there. <laughs> he's really funny in Django Unchained, and he's but like horrific, and he's really funny in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's him with, <clears throat> I haven't seen him in a rom com, but he could do it. Pair him with uh, Adam Driver. Ah, <laughs> they could do it. Yeah, okay, he, he could do it. Love Adam Driver. I would watch an Adam Driver, Leonardo DiCaprio rom-com, even if it's just them today. Wow, Adam yeah, Driver, always funny on SNL. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd watch that. Right? There you go. Marriage Story, but a comedy with Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> instead of Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I like how you thought Marriage Story. That's his comedic, romantic comedy. performance. Yeah, no, that's terrible. It's a Noah Baumbach movie. It's got comedy in it. What is called a comedy? There's some funny parts. No, instead now I'm picturing them in like a lifetime movie in like a bed and breakfast in Vermont kind of situation. Okay. This is an interesting way to interpret the question, but I I don't hate it. We we also like in like the cross generational thing when Emma Stone and Humphrey Bogart. Um, so that's like the kind oh. of stuff we were pulling. But I do love Emma works. Stone. I do love Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. We think she'd be a good like kind of campy femme fatale for him in like um, Maltese Falcon mode was sort of like our our take on it. See that? But only bring it up because I know you guys have done two episodes on Maltese Falcon. <laughs> we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. I can see Emma Stone in it. Yeah. 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 Any other picks? I mean, current Leo and current Adam Driver are great picks. Right? I'm pretty happy with that. That'd be a good um, rom com. Last time around, y'all were on the Sleepless in Seattle episode, right? Oh, yeah. So. So 90s Meg Ryan and 90s Tom Hanks, also probably pretty high draft picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've already done it, though, you know? Yeah. that's what, And that's the movie I was thinking about when I was like, okay, who, who would go in like a best friend mode? I mean, Rosie O'Donnell, good, great best friend performance in that movie. Uh, Emma Stone can be the best friend. She, she could give a good best friend performance. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So wait, what's what's the plot if it's Adam Driver and Leo and Emma Stone as a best friend? What's happening? Who, I, don't know, I, I don't have the whole script. What do you want? <laughs> Whose best it. friend is she? Who? Do they? They can both have one. Um, Ryan Gosling can be the other. I think Emma Stone is Adam Driver's best friend. And Ryan Gosling is Leo's. Mm. What about current Rosie O'Donnell? Is Leo's best friend? <laughs> current Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Yeah, not 90s Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, God. I don't even know what she looks like right now. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking hideous, probably. Like, what do you mean? She's no, just the like best character. It's fine. I haven't seen her in, like, 20 years is what I mean by that. She was very... She became very prominent again as uh, publicly feuding with Donald Trump. So there was a lot of pictures of her in tabloids in the last few years. Oh, okay. You read a lot of tabloids, so... Mm-hmm. Well, she got to do a lot of panel shows because she was famous again for that. Oh, yeah. she's in her 60s. But Leo almost is too. So it's oh, not like God. that age inappropriate. I, I, yeah, I can't think of the plot right now. I was trying to think about what the um, the misunderstanding would be. I feel bad. I, I, I thought he was older. Oh. I was going to say, you can't be right. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. 
I think it's because Brad Pitt just turned 60 and I was thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's because Leo only dates like 20-year-old models, so it makes him seem... He looks old. That old. feels like a 60-year-old thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's always modeled his career after Jack Nicholson, so it all makes sense. Mm. Mm. I think we got good content out of that question. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I, I think we did. <laughs> I'm really happy with how it went. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's wrap up this episode. Once again, RIP Gary Marshall. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our side off for now on. Penny Marshall also died. I didn't know that. RIP Penny Marshall. RP. <laughs> you mentioned a lot of dead people's episode. <laughs> we uh, started with the Stephen Hawking joke. <laughs> I was going to cut that out. But <laughs> now it's going to stay in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what a terrible gro- joke Greg told earlier uh, that's on the cutting room floor. <laughs> so poor taste. It was bad, yeah. I'll just be like, it'll just be so much laughter and applause ending this episode that I'll edit in. Uh, edit only Julia Child, but like, uh, Julia Child, oh my god. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Oh, no, it's going to be Julia Child. Throw Julia Child in there too. <laughs> I was gonna say ten Julia Roberts, just like all of her laughs, just in all together. A big uh, audience. Another, is Julia Roberts. One thing I'll actually keep in: How much Julia Roberts have you guys seen, and do you have any particular favorite performances? This is obviously probably up there for me now, but I've there's a lot, so much. In a little bit. Um. I was going to say, I think I've only seen a little bit, and this is my favorite for sure. Yeah. Mm. Have you guys seen the Oceans movies? No. I haven't. Nope. She's great in two. Aaron Brockovich I've seen. There you go. Another Soderbergh, like Oceans. Mm. I haven't seen any of the Oceans movies. No, I haven't either. Don't watch them yet. We'll do a heist month very soon. Now oh, that you've seen Heist month. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Well, that does it for us here at the old podcast house. It's been a couple weeks since I recorded. I don't remember how the sign-offs go. Our stuff's on Linktree, linktr.ee slash late to the movies. We'll try to get some other stuff back. Uh, Greg, Ray, Craig, thanks for being here. No problem. See ya. Stay tuned for more uh, rom-coms this month. Maybe if my voice remains in a recovering state. And on March 1st, we'll post the public poll for late to the movie's annual award show, The Ladies, where you, the fans, get to vote. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Let's get Craig out of here. He doesn't need to hear this. Get out of here, Craig. Sorry, Craig. You did a great job. I'm sorry, Ray's so mean to you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>